Hello everyone, my name is Forrest Stevens and today I'm gonna to talk about what I learned from Feldenkrais. Feldenkrais is a exercise therapy that was developed in uh, the mid 1900s and it is essentially um, designed to make you be able to relearn how to move properly. If you look into it, a lot of the literature will talk about sort of the brain and body connection and talking about being able to heal um, both of those through these exercises. Now, I don't really know much about that, but uh, what I will talk about is my personal experience with it and then what my greatest takeaways were. So when I was um, 19, I was living in Tofino and I, I, I have this problem where I never spend money on myself. So I was purposefully spending money on myself. Um, every single month I would take $100 out of my paycheck and I would dedicate that to doing something. Uh, one month it was doing a Cato, but the first month it was doing a Feldenkrais course. And it just so happened that I decided to do this $100 a month thing. The next day I saw a bulletin board. I was looking through there and saw a poster for this class and it was a six, uh, six week course. Um, for $89. So it worked out pretty perfectly for my month's budget. And uh, so I went to this class and I didn't really know much about it, but the poster talked about how it was supposed to teach you how to move properly. And it was a lot about not stretching for greater mo mobility, but actually learning how to do movement properly. And so that was kind of interesting to me because I'd been doing yoga before and it was all about sort of stretching and strengthening your muscles. And uh, this was more about just being able to get further into your poses, but learning how to do it in a way where it just comes naturally and it's not a, a strenuous thing. And so these courses that I did or these classes, they were very interesting. I would... Uh, you know, you, it was working on one simple movement. Uh, one class, all we learned how to do was go from being on our back to standing. But it was the the movement of engaging your stomach, of, of turning over, of getting onto your knees, bending forward and having the balance to move upwards. And what it made me think of when I was doing this was it was teaching me how to do these movements as an adult that you learn before you're even really conscious or aware as a infant and uh, there was a lot of laying on your back and, and moving your legs and your hips um, sort of in like a happy baby pose but uh, engaging and learning how to activate and move properly in each limb uh, one of the classes was about actually just turning around so we sat and we would turn uh, each way, um, look, trying to look behind us, but sitting on the ground. And the, the teacher asked us, is there one way where that feels more comfortable? And everybody said, yeah, it's my left, it's my right, whatever. And by the end of all these exercises, and I can't even really remember what a lot of these exercises were, but the, the Feldenkrais itself was very simple. It was just sort of like um, moving your arm out and turning the opposite way. And it was all these little tiny movements. And by the end of the class, we did that same exercise where we, we would go, uh, try to turn around and look behind us each way. And she asked, okay, is there a way that is easier? 
And every single one of us in the class said, no, it's equal. So we rebalanced and were able to work through the physical limitations that we have because our bodies are not really balanced on either side. And so it was really miraculous. It was really um, quite interesting. And the teacher said, okay, now when you're you're reversing out of the, the yoga studio parking lot, um, think about you know, that, that motion of, mo- of looking back. And so it was really um, about integrating these lessons that we learned into a daily practice of, okay, now when you stand up, think about the different movements you're doing to stand up and think about how to do it in this proper way. I remember one thing that I learned about this was that there were some movements that were embarrassingly hard to do that were very simple. And so that was one thing I learned about myself was uh, sort of how to overcome or I through these exercises, I sort of like learned how to um, just embrace the uncomfortableness of movement and movement therapy and exercise and just be like, oh, it's okay not to be able to do these things. Or when I'm doing these things, like crawling around with my eyes closed, which was one of the exercises, that it's okay to kind of be silly or, or look dumb. So that was one thing I learned about myself was that uh, it's not all about, you know, doing these epic poses or epic stretches or getting really deep into it or, or lifting weights for exercise or anything like that. It can be very, very simple and still it can be of huge benefit. So that's one thing that I learned. Now I mentioned that there's a body-mind connection that is often talked about in Feldenkrais and and that's definitely true. And, And I started learning about that and I look back on some of the things that happened to me with greater understanding now that I'm further down in my in my practice of Kundalini Yoga. So for instance, this Feldenkrais, one of the main experiences that I had or one of my big takeaway experiences was I decided to do an edible before one of the classes. And, you know, edibles are pretty intense. Um, and I find that I have quite a lot of visions when I take edibles. Um, maybe I'll get into that in another podcast as well, what I learned from edibles or, you know, maybe talk about my first edible experience or, or whatever. But um, this time you know, I ate this pot cookie and I went to the class and I started getting hit with it. Um, pretty, I timed it pretty well. I I started coming up as the class was beginning and as we were kind of getting into it. And so I was really able to find my groove and really get into, um, the full extent of the, the class. And there was one moment where we were sort of finished doing a lot of the exercises and, I had been sort of a little triggered in one of my hips, in my left hip and in my shoulder. And, and, you know, I I was sort of really feeling the class this time. And we laid down in Shavasana, court pose, and the teacher guided us through a body visualization. And she asked us to figure out with light, with giving our our whole body uh, different colors of light, depending on how they feel, how this, you know, how does it feel? How does your left leg feel? How does your, how does your ankle feel, your foot feel, um, and assign it a color. So I was assigning my body this color with my eyes closed 
and painting what I now describe as my subtle body, my energetic body that is directly linked to your physical body, but isn't observable. So there's, there can be some pains and aches and, and these kind of things that wouldn't show up in a, uh, a CT scan or a muscle scan or, or whatever kind of scan. This is, uh, we, we did a visualization scan, um, a spiritual sort of imaginative uh, scan. That's a word, right? Imaginative, um, an imagined scan of sorts. And I found that I, uh, there was parts of my body that were very pleasurable from the exercises themselves and parts that weren't. And I painted, you know, my head and my chest green and it was swirling with this pink and purple and it was really quite beautiful uh, remember i was experiencing this under the influence of an edible so it was very vivid very intense and my left hip was black in my vision it was completely black and my my shoulder or my my elbow it's a little hazy the memory now but i remember another part of my body being sort of like a a dark red and almost a black, but it wasn't quite as bad. And a lot of the problem was stemming from this hip area, right? And so then the teacher guided us through and, and told us to flush that energy out, imagine all of that dissipating and bringing in white light. And it, it was a healing white light and it was supposed to be sort of um, a cleansing of the emotional energy and the idea here, and we didn't get too much into it, but it was to sort of um, cleanse the energetic body so that the physical body can uh, can also charge and, and can also go a little deeper because there isn't the emotional, spiritual, or energetic uh, body holding it back from anything. So that was an extremely profound experience, one of the deepest sort of meditative out of body you know I, when i was visualizing my my energetic body i was i was seeing myself my physical body and my energetic body just above it in this swirling colors that i explained it was very very interesting and very therapeutic i was able to really cleanse out a lot of stagnant energy and to be honest my hip has never been the same i i struggled um, from originally from a, a weightlifting incident where I, I uh, threw my hip out and then from not uh, rehabilitating it properly and then a boxing injury that left me um, in a bed for two days being un unable to walk. Then later I was, uh, you know, uh, I, I kept just dealing with this this problematic hip and this really changed that it wasn't a problem day to day or week to week even it was only a problem and has only ever since been a problem when i've been extremely stressed out and then it sort of reactivates tightens up and gets out of placement and then i need to essentially just crack it uh, i have this move that i do where i lay on my side and crack my hip and it sort of helps and and will sort of uh, get everything back in place but that has been the, the extent of that hip issue since doing this Feldenkrais. So I credit it a lot in changing how my body feels and um, learning about my body, my energetic body, 
and uh, so much else. It was such a transformative experience, these six classes. I ended up buying some videos from the teacher and continuing it a little and, and just raving to everybody that I talked to about it because it was so cool. It was like, that. those were other sort of imagined visions that I had was I, I felt like I was learning how to walk again. I was getting in touch with my animal self, my basic, my basic sort of grounded, rooted self, my human self, and and seeing what I needed and 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 realizing, okay, I've I walk differently since I injured my hip in that weightlifting incident, and I actually need to relearn how to walk or hold myself or or whatever it is, you know. So. Um, that was really amazing was learning that certain traumas, whether physical or emotional can get stored in your body and can disrupt the way you hold yourself, your posture, the way you turn, the way you move. And that can have this, um, compounded effect over your, over your entire life. You know, there were, I was the youngest person there. There were people that were much, much older and they were struggling with, these these problems that they had developed um, from a young age and it had just built up and built up and they had been living their lives this way for so long so it can be very transformative getting back to these extreme basics and that's what the feldenkrais method is really is it's this extreme basic it breaks it down the each individual movement into a ton of different little steps which will teach you how to do that movement in its completion much better and much easier so that's what i learned from feldenkrais that was my experience of feldenkrais um thanks for listening to my story and i hope you guys enjoyed this episode of what i learned from this is a podcast it's available on all podcast platforms as well as on youtube and i uh, hope you guys go check out some of the other episodes there's lots about psychedelics, about different therapy, different movement. I have guests on and we all talk about our biggest takeaways from the experience and the topics. I also have another podcast that I co-host. I'm just plugging it right now. If you guys are interested in hearing more about who I am, about the experiences day to day that I learn from and, uh, that podcast is called Open Conversations, which I co-host with my friend Johnny Paletto. And we talk about the real things that happen in life and, and how we deal with them and how we overcome uh, the different challenges that we all face. And so go ahead and check that one out. It's on YouTube and all podcast platforms as well. Thanks for watching and we'll see you on the next episode. On this show, you know, I've talked a lot about money. Um, investing is an interest of mine. Money is really important. It's a store of energy of our, of ourselves. And basically, we can use it to create in this world. We can make all these different things happen just because of the money that we either use. And the more you accumulate of it, the more you can create. And it's just, uh, it's a fascinating subject. And it's a lot easier sometimes to actually save money than it is to make money. So today's sponsor is Mint Mobile. And if you're in the States and you have a cell phone, you can probably save a lot of money by switching to Mint. I mean, Mint has these plans. It's like 15 bucks a month, unlimited calling, unlimited texting, five gigabytes of data. They have 4G, 5G plans. And for 30 bucks, you can get unlimited data included with that plan. And so it's like 30 bucks unlimited data. 
And the internet is so powerful. We need to get on there. We need to learn. I mean, you're probably, you're using the internet right now to listen to this, to download this. Um, it's important to have, and you might be able to save a ton of money by switching to Mint. So check out the link in the description for Mint Mobile. And we get a kickback here, we get a small commission. So it really, really supports the show. It's super, super important to um, feel like I can actually do this and make a little bit of cash, um, th this podcast. So it's going a long way and it's really important for you to save money as well. So if you are spending too much on your mobile, go at least check it out, see if the coverage is good for you, if the service is good for you. And basically it's a smart business as well. What they've done with Mint Mobile is they've, um, they've basically done what more and more companies are doing to save money and to pass it on to consumers, which is not have a retail store. There's a lot of empty shopping malls out there in the world now because there's no need for companies like Mint Mobile to have a cell phone kiosk in the mall or whatever storefront. And so they can pass those savings from not having to, um, you know, rent and lease that space, not having to employ those people working there. They can employ people in a more concentrated fashion so they can have less employees and serve more people basically. And they do it all online, all through the internet. And the customer service is supposedly pretty good still. Um, that's the other thing too, is you don't want to like lose things by switching to Mint Mobile. So I would I would just recommend checking them out, see if it's a fit for you. Um, basically, when I ever have a problem on my cell phone, I'm calling them anyway. I'm not going into a store. Uh, that's just, you know, you're just looking to get upcharged basically by going into a store anyway. So um, check it out. Links in the description, like I said.